You're listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we attract and create healthy relationships by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun together. I want to share something with you all that I've been going through for the past four days, and I believe it bears mentioning because this is typical of humans. This is typical of how we deal with things, how we peel away the layers of our story to get to healing, how sometimes our things that are holding us back are hidden and we don't even know it. They're just unconscious. They're in our subconscious. We're just not super aware of them. Sometimes we feel like we have healed from something, yet we really haven't. Sometimes crappy things are done to us, and we're not really sure what compartment to put them into. We just know it was shit. We don't like it. It hurt. It was sad. It was unjustified. It was unfair. And yet we move on with our life, but if we have not healed it in the appropriate manner, it's going to resurface at some point. So I'm just going to jump right in here, guys, and let you know what happened. About four days ago, I might have been five, I woke up first thing in the morning and I was super irritable, super irritable. And not being somebody who's not an irritable person, I'm not typically an irritable, irritable person. It's just not my, my standard way. I'm just not that way. I've never been that way. I'm a very happy person. I love to sing and dance and have fun and make jokes and just give a lot of love, receive a lot of love. I just like being happy and joyful after experiencing a lot of deaths in my life and losing of people that I love, sometimes tragically, sometimes in just horrible ways and sad ways and just have suffered a lot of loss. I just, I don't want to waste any of this time. I don't. I want to be happy. But I also don't pull the whole spiritual bypass where if I'm going through something that's painful, I don't ignore it because I can't. I just am a person that has to feel my feelings and share my feelings and talk about my feelings. So it's not that I am spiritually bypassing things, but my my happy place, my comfortable place is joy and happiness. So to wake up irritable like this really stood out like a sore thumb. It was like, wow, this is weird. What am I so irritable about? Well, I had woken up that morning at like, I don't know, 3.30 a.m. And I stayed awake for quite a bit of time, just, you know, trying to get into a position thinking I'd fall back asleep and I wasn't. So eventually I meditated and I did fall back asleep, but then my husband got up like probably around the time I was falling back asleep. So I just figured I was irritable from not getting a full eight hours of sleep that I enjoy. I'm someone that definitely requires my eight hours of sleep. So I was like, I just must be irritable because I'm a little bit tired. I really, truly thought it was that. And I also know that, you know, once I get a good night's rest, the next morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be boom, right back into my happy and joyful self. Well, that didn't happen. The next day happened and I was still irritable. In fact, I was almost a little even more irritable than normal. And I was like, okay, this is very, very strange. What is happening to me? I don't know why I'm so freaking irritable. So I'm wondering if it's PMS. I'm the age I am right now. I have very strange cycles and who knows? It could be a, a chemical thing, a hormone thing. I don't know. So I'm thinking it might be that. But that's not really feeling right either. And that, that doesn't usually last like this. It just didn't look the same as I've experienced that in the past. And then day three happened. 
same thing. I'm like, what? Why am I so irritable? And then day four, which we went out of town, we went to a day trip. And it was absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and fun, but I just felt this buzzing through my body the whole day, just this little level of irritability that I just couldn't shake. And I didn't know what it was. So I know enough to know that this is, my body is trying to tell me something. There is something that is trying to break through the surface for me. There's something that I need to heal and I need to go a little bit deeper. So I backtracked three or four days and I said, what, what could it possibly be? And I remembered I had a dream about a gal I used to work with named, I'm going to call her Rebecca. That's not her real name. She was in my dream and we have a story. There's a situation that happened here that is not happy and pleasant, but she was in my dream. She showed up randomly and I've never dreamt about her. And there she was in my dream. And while she was in my dream, there was no harsh words, tense words, nothing was bad. She looked great. She said a couple sentences to me. I said a couple sentences back and that was pretty much the end of it. But what I think happened, actually now that I'm thinking about what I know what happened is that that dream, seeing her, brought up all kinds of unhealed things for me. Today, I'm walking through life. I even said to myself, God, what is wrong with me? It's like I can't focus. I made a list of things I need to do. I was like, okay, you know what? I know enough to know when I'm feeling like this that I'm just going to meditate So I laid on the ground and started meditating. Guess what came up? This. You got some unhealed-ish regarding this girl, regarding that situation that you went through. That was painful. It was unjustified. It was unfair. And frankly, it was bullshit. So I'll tell you about what I did in that meditation in a minute. But I want to go backwards and tell you the story. Now, this is probably taking place about 20 years ago when I owned the salon that we were both working in. Prior to that, we had had several owners and we all decided that someone needed to buy the salon from the current old owner. She wasn't had nothing to do with hair or nails or massage or facials or esthetician. And she was a realtor and she was trying to make an investment and own the salon, which she was running it into the ground. She wasn't doing a good job. And I was actually getting ready to leave. And everyone's like, why don't you buy it? Why don't you buy it? And I said, you know what? Okay. And I bought it. So I bought the salon. I became the owner for quite a few years and I really enjoyed it. And I, I did a bang up job. It was perfect. It was great. We all loved it. We had a really great time, but it was coming about the time that I was just getting tired. I was a single mom. I was owning a business. Plus I had a full hair schedule every single day. So I was basically working seven days a week and I was just over it. The salon yielded some income, but it wasn't near enough to make me want to stay in this type of working mode, this type of stress mode. So I was thinking about selling it. So I need to back up a little bit and tell you about my friend Rebecca. So Rebecca had been dating this guy for nine years, and this guy was creepy. From the very first time I met him, it was a very first meeting at a Christmas party. I was like, "Mm mm-mm, funk vibe, did not like that guy. So much so that I wouldn't even say hello to him when he would walk into the salon. Everybody else would say, hi, 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 and He'd say hi back and I would I would avoid him. There was something about his energy that was really, really funky to me. And it's rare. I may not like someone's energy, but for me to completely avoid somebody like that, I mean, to almost to the point of rudeness, you got to really have some funk vibe, I'm telling you, because I am not that way. I can deal with a little bit of this and a little bit of that type energy, but this was funk. Like I did not, he gave me 
creepy vibe, creepy, creepy vibe. So anyway, she had been dating this guy for nine years and it, she was coming to a point in the relationship where she was, well, she was pretty insecure with him the whole time, pretty insecure. But there came a time where she was really questioning whether he was cheating on her or not. I mean, really questioning her. She's telling me all types of stories of things that are happening and things she's discovering and things like that. And there was just weird stuff. Like he would stare at me and this other gal through the mirrors in the salon. Every time I'd look over, he'd be staring at me or staring at her. And it was just creepy. So I no, I didn't really like this guy at all. But at some point, she discovered that he was cheating on her. She called him out on it. It ended up with her calling me saying something terrible happened. I need to leave the house. Can you come over? He's cheating on me, this and that. She called the police so that she could have an escort to leave the house because she was afraid of um, him not letting her leave and he was threatening to kill himself and all kinds of things. It was just scary to her. So of course, because I'm a super, super loyal friend and I'm there for you and I bolted over there and rescued her and said, you come stay at my house for a couple days and I got you and this is okay and you know, let him move out or do whatever he's going to do. I believe it was her home. So she came and moved in with me for just a couple days. During those days, we actually had the kids go stay with their father because I really wanted to vote this time. She was a hot mess, and I didn't want them caught up in any of this drama. But she also, I had put her in the guest bedroom, and she came in one night, my room middle of the night. She said, I can't sleep. Can I sleep with you? And I said, sure, sure. And she got in bed with me, and I literally held her hands in my hands. We're facing each other, both like fetal position, and I'm holding her hands in my hands encapsulated them and telling her that everything's going to be okay. You know, it's okay, you're safe, you're safe. In the meantime, he's trying to get a hold of her and he's doing all these things and he's threatening suicide. And at one point, it had gone a little bit of time where she hadn't heard from him. So she called a mutual friend of, of theirs. She said, I haven't heard from him and he's been threatening suicide. She's all nervous and she said, can you please go check on him? So this friend went to go check on him and he had indeed killed himself. He was hanging from the rafters or something in their garage. He had hung himself in their garage. Now, of course, I'm there for her 100%, like had always been. There was something terribly wrong with this guy. This had nothing to do with her, what he did. This was his thing. For the upcoming months, I was just there. And she just thanked me profusely all the time. And I could have made this without you. She bought me a amethyst bracelet. She was just so grateful and so happy that I was there for her doing during all of this craziness, this hard time for her, this dark night of the soul. Somewhere along the line, we had a walk-in. I'll call him Jim. And I started cutting Jim's hair. Now, at this time, I have met my, who's to be my second husband, and we are engaged at this point. This I start cutting this Jim guy's hair, and Jim's not my type. He's a, he's a you know, handsome man for all practical purposes, but he was quite a bit older than me. And he just wasn't my look. You know, he was, he was an okay guy, but not, nothing I would be attracted to. Cutting Jim's hair for, I don't know how long. And then at some point, that's just a side story. And at some point I've decided that I want to sell the salon. So now we're back on track with the story. I'm just kind of over it. I just don't want to do it anymore. And so I knew that Rebecca had gotten some life insurance from the death of her boy, boyfriend and she had been looking for somewhere to invest it and she had actually talked about buying a salon. And I brought her to lunch one day and I said, hey, if you're interested, would you like to buy the salon? 
And she said, um, I don't know, let me think about it. You know, I want to invest the money in something that the kids and I could have like a thing, you know, a business, like a thing. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Well, you just think about it. No worries. I have a business realtor that I can, you know, put this on the market with. I'm not concerned at all. You take your time. But I just want to give you first offer because, you know, it's always good for someone inside the salon to buy it rather than having a unknown third party coming in. So that's on, that's on in the works, on the back burner. Meanwhile, I am take my quad out one day to go riding with my brother and I break my femur. Yep, broke my femur. Four-hour surgery, I have a titanium rod in my leg. I'm at home recovering, needless to say. I cannot do hair at this point. And she calls me and she says, hey, I've been thinking and I want to buy the salon from you. And I said, okay, well... Are you sure? I mean, I don't want you to think you have to buy this for me because I broke my leg. She goes, no, no, I really just been thinking. The kids and I thought about it. We're super excited. We can't wait. This is the thing we've been looking for. This is awesome. Blah, blah. I said, great. My other friend called me and she says, I'm really worried that Rebecca wants to buy the salon and, you know, it's because you're, you broke your leg and this and that. And I said, no, I had a long conversation with her and she seems to really want it. She's like, okay. I bought it for X amount of dollars and I put like four grand into it, redoing some things. So I literally charged just what I paid for it plus the four grand of the upgrades. That was it. And oh, this is important. In the meantime, while I am home in recovery, she calls me up and tells me that she starts, she had started to cut Jim's hair. I said, oh, that's great. That's awesome. She goes, you know, he was referred into the salon by my client, I'll call her Jackie who was trying to set us up. That's why he came in in the first place. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so fun and exciting. Yay for you. But when he came in, he didn't request her. He was a walk-in. And I, at the time, was the only person, which is very rare, that didn't have a client that could take him. So I ended up taking him and he became my client. So she starts cutting Jim's hair while I'm on break and, you know, whatever. And that's all great and fine. And she calls me up another time and she says, you know, what do you think of him? What do you think of him? Now, I can understand her insecurity because she had just gotten off this strange relationship with her ex. She probably had some fear involved. I understood. And I said, you know, he just, he appears like a really great guy. He really does. He's really nice. She's like, well, do you think he's cute? Do you? And I said, honestly, he's, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a handsome male. He's not my type. You know, he's okay. You know, yeah. I mean, I really didn't know what to say because he wasn't my type, but I could see the two of them together. So that was that, and we're moving forward. Well, they ended up becoming a couple. I've come back to work, life as usual. We're all happy and gay as we always are. We just had such a great time in that salon. And as time rolls on, now keep in mind, I broke my leg in March. I was probably back to work about May. So we're talking about going all through the summer. She now owns the salon. She's not doing a bang up job at all. And people, you know, other girls are starting to come to me and complaining about things and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. We'll just give her some time to get into the flow, what have you. But there's some areas that are suffering with the management of the salon. That's fine. Put that aside. Christmas comes and we're going to do our annual Christmas party, which the owner of the salon usually hosts. We go to a restaurant. You know, there's quite a bit of us that were there, but I'm the next to arrive. And so I sit right down next to Jim, who is sitting next to Rebecca there's people on both sides of the table, so I could either scoot in this long booth all the way to the girl that was across, or I could have just pulled out a chair and sat next to Jim. Well, anybody knows me. Kristen doesn't like to be encapsulated in a booth. I need to sit on the ends or have be a chair, so I sat next to Jim. 
And I don't even need to tell you that because there's no reason to explain, but I just want you to get the full visual here. So anyway, we're just sitting there waiting for everybody else to arrive and Rebecca gets up and goes to the bathroom. While Rebecca's gone, Jim leans over to me. Mind you, he had been my client for a while, quite a while, like a year or so. He says, hey, now he's, he's dating her. He says, hey, her 50th birthday's coming up. Could you help me to plan it? Because I don't know anybody. I don't know all these phone numbers and this and that. Again, really stellar guy. And I was like, sure, my God, that's so sweet. I mean, it just made me so happy because she deserved somebody like this she, after what she had just gone through. He gets my cell phone number because at the time I had a landline in the salon, so he only had my landline. So I get my cell phone number, exchange phone numbers, life goes on. The next day, she calls me up and I'm going to the grocery store and I have my two kids in the car. And this is before I had my little one. I had my two eldest kids in the car and a neighbor. I'm sitting in the parking lot and she calls. So I answer, I think it's going to be real quick. And she says, hey, she goes, I went to the bathroom and I peeked around the corner. I noticed Jim was talking to you and it looked like, you know, you guys were on your cell phones exchanging numbers or something like that. And I said, oh yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, there was something, but I can't tell you. I can't tell you what that was about. Now remember, we're very good friends for many years. Plus, I have been extremely loyal and loving and held space for this woman like you cannot possibly believe. And I'm thinking that that should be enough in the conversation where I'm just like, yeah, but I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I just can't. It's a surprise. Well, she kept going on. She kept going on. And the tone of her voice, I could tell that this was not sufficing. I got three kids in my backseat, by the way, and I sat in that parking lot for 45 minutes talking to her. And finally, at some point, I said, okay, Rebecca, I can see that you're not going to, you're just not going to let this go, so I'm going to tell you. He's planning your 50th birthday party, and he needed me because I, I have contacts of other people. Now, at this point, most people would, would be like, oh, my God, really? Oh, my God, I feel so stupid. Oh, I didn't, oh. God, I'm so dumb. I'm, I'm just so wrecked from the past guy cheating on me and da, da, da. And I'm just so suspicious right now. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. But she didn't. She wasn't buying it. And I kept saying it. I'm like, it's a surprise birthday party. And she wasn't buying it. And she wasn't buying it. So I just kind of blew it off because I was banking on our friendship, you know, just banking. She knows who I am. She, you know, we're good. And we did, we planned the surprise party and she ignored me at the party, 100%. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Each day walking into the salon, she would be standing there talking to somebody and as I walked in, she would turn her back. And if I addressed her, I started getting short answers. This is making me tear up, which is why I'm making this. Because this is something that has sat inside of me for so long. Not because I avoided it, because I thought I was over it, but it's time for it to come out. And I was so hurt. I was like, what happened? She literally made up a story about me, called it real, and was treating me as if her story was real, which I guess is that I had a thing going on with Jim, which by the way, I didn't. Again, not my type. There was never even flirting there. And I was engaged to my second husband who I was so in love with. So let me tell you, this was weird. And I was so hurt. I was like, what? 
she would walk in and be holding a letter that he wrote her. When I walked in, she would fold it real quick and turn her back. And then the other girl would kind of look like, what? And I was like, what is happening? So just to cut to the chase, I just decided it was best to cut my losses and leave. I just, I can't live in this environment. I mean, this is too weird. There's nothing I can say that's going to talk her out of this. She she has committed herself to making me her enemy, despite our, at the time, probably 15-year friendship. We worked together for quite a, t- quite a long time, 10, 15-year friendship, all the things that we had gone through together, and then this. So I started looking for other places to go because I was, wasn't going to make a fuss. I wasn't going to make a commotion. Again, this is how I roll. I was just going to quietly slink, slink away and Everybody can just keep doing what they're doing. But one of my other best friends that worked there asked me to go to lunch with her. And she said, you're leaving, aren't you? And I said, how can you tell? And she goes, I just, something's weird. And I said, yeah, well, I, I found a place I can go to. Explained to her all the ins and outs. Well, she called me up later that night and she said, hey, I was wondering if they have a space for me too at the new salon. And I said, oh, okay, um... I will call and find out, but I don't want any part of your decision-making because I don't want to get blamed for this because I'm already obviously the bad guy, you know, I'm the enemy, even when I didn't do anything. I, I will find out and I'll let you know. I called the salon. I found out, yes, they had an extra space. I promise you, may lightning strike me down. I called that girlfriend and I said, okay, I called, I talked to him, they had extra space and I'm hanging up now because I don't want any part of your decision. And she said, okay, the phone call took 10 seconds and I hung up. I didn't want anything part of her decision. I wanted my hands cleaned. She tells me the next day at work, she goes, I'd be stupid not to go with you, blah, blah, blah. And she decides to go. So we decide to give Rebecca a 30-day notice. Now there's other people, the salon is full. It's not like there's, you know, nobody there. We gave her a 30-day notice and she gave us two days. It was a Wednesday we gave a 30-day notice. She wanted us out by Friday. So now we have 30 days till we can't get into this other place, which that ended up working out okay because I called and he's, he, he could accommodate us and it worked out okay. However, she was so mad and she, was, she, she started telling people, and I know this is a long story, but she started, I had another dear friend that still worked there. That friend told me that Rebecca would stand in the middle of this salon, like it's not a very big salon, it was in a strip mall she would stand there and just basically say what a horrible person I am, that I constructed this all along, that I wanted her to buy the salon, then I was going to empty her out and steal her man. And like she had this entire coup set up that I was going to ruin her. She said that my plan was to ruin her. Now this just to this day blows my mind that somebody could come up with a story like that when clearly over decades of being friends there's nothing like that in my past and especially towards the way I treated her finally my other friend that worked there we were all very close by the way so this is not like I mean there was like nine of us in there and we were tight and my other friend finally said she stood up one day in the middle of the salon and announced she was had some fire to her. And she stood up and she said, you need to stop. Kristen is not here to defend herself and we're tired of listening to you rip on her. Apparently at that point, Rebecca stopped saying those horrible things about me. 
So what I'm trying to get to here is that that was extremely painful for me. That was something that I it hurt me in a way that I can't even tell you because all I was to her was love. All I was to her was understanding and compassion and giving and loyalty and showing up and having her back and protection. I protected her. I did everything I possibly could that I would absolutely be so grateful for if I had a friend like that. And she told herself a story that she chose to believe and made me her enemy. Now I moved on, again, raising kids, have a new husband, or almost, or maybe, yeah, I don't even know when I left. Oh, yeah, yeah, by then I, yeah, by then, okay, yeah. So I'm pregnant with Remy, and I have a you know new husband. All these things are going on. And I'm in a new salon, and I'm busy. And, you know, so I just, I had moved away from the whole drama and didn't really give it much thought after that. It hurt. It was painful. thought about it. I, I shared about it to people if the story came up, but I didn't walk around, you know, being drama queen and complaining about it all the time. But apparently, I have not healed that story. And it was still keeping me tethered to the past. Now, when we're open to healing, you guys, when we're open to truly stepping into our wholeness, and I say wholeness, like think of it, our completeness, our divineness, the best person we can be, the best energy that we can be, there's going to be things that we need to uncover, that we need to look back on and heal. Now, sometimes there's, there's a train of thought out there that people say, we well, don't have to look back on your stuff. You can just think positive and go to the future. And that's a little tricky because yes, you can, but if you still have some pain that's unhealed, that hasn't been recognized and brought to the surface for healing, it's going to fester. Right before making this episode, because I found myself today all over the place, just like I just couldn't focus. I'm like, I'm writing, trying to write a list of what to do. I don't, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I, don't want to, I just didn't really know what to do. And I said, all right, I know what to do in these occasions when I'm all over the place like this. I need to meditate. This is about self-care at this point. This is my need to slow down. My need to really get in touch with what does my heart need at this moment? What do I need? So again, I didn't really know this was about the Rebecca story at this point. I, you know, I had talked about it a couple of days prior to my husband. I didn't really realize it was this. I put my new age ambient music on, got into my meditation position, and I started meditation that all is well, all is well. What, what came up for me? This story. Okay, it's time for you to feel this story, Kristen. Feel it. Feel the betrayal. Feel the hurt, feel the loss, feel the pain of basically being false, to, false accused and then being shredded out in the world when you can't even defend yourself. And I did. I laid there in my meditation. I grabbed myself in my vision by my shoulders in a loving way. And I said to myself, there is nothing you did wrong. This was another person's pain that was projected onto you. This does not mean you're not likable. This does not mean you need to change things about your personality. 
to try to bend and morph and flex to accommodate everybody else's fears. All this means is that you were hurt and that you can heal from this hurt. You are okay. You are an amazing, amazing person. And I am sorry that someone failed to see that and to be grateful for that. I am sorry that somebody else's pain was projected onto you. I am sorry that you had to be the recipient of somebody else's fear. You did not deserve this. You did not create this. But you also cannot control this. Understand the fear and pain of your sister and let this go. And in that meditation, I was picturing me as younger. I was me, my size now, looking down on a little girl. But I didn't need to look at a little girl. I needed to look at me, adult me. So I sat down in my meditation next to adult me and I held my hands in my hands and I said all those same things. Felt this relief wash over me, this freedom, that everything's okay, that I'm okay, that I don't need to do anything different, that I didn't do anything wrong. There's no way I could have avoided that situation because it had to do with somebody else's illusions somebody else's perceived reality, somebody else's fears. I want to invite you, if you have something that's trying to break through the surface with you, allow it. Sit with it. It's just a feeling. It's just an emotion. And it's going to pass. My irritability was trying to tell me that something wanted to break free. There was a piece of me that was ready to be broken off and to let go of. I needed to cut ties with the past. Why did it come up now? Who knows? That's between God and my spirit. I don't know. Probably came up now because things have been really quiet in my life. And so I was quiet enough to hear it and to recognize and go within and say something's up here instead of sloughing it off, pushing it away pretending it's not there. I looked inside. But the fact that she came up in a dream after all these years, again, I think it was like 15, 18 years ago this happened. I couldn't really tell you exactly the actual drama, the event. It was was a while ago. But coming up now for me just meant that it's time. It's just time to heal it. It wasn't running my life in a way where I can't, couldn't function or something like that. It was just something in the recesses of my mind that needs to come out so I can step into my full version of me. I wanted to record this for you guys because I literally sat, got up off my meditation because I lay on the ground with a pillow under my head and a blanket on me. I got out of my meditation. I went straight to record. Why? Because I want you guys to understand that we're all works in progress. But I also want you to understand that there's tools and techniques that we can use. And also to pay attention to our bodies, to what's going on physically. What are we feeling? Because it's always a guidepost to something else. My irritability was just leading me to a place of healing. That's it. A place that I could just unpack some of my baggage that was ready to be unpacked. 
I want to step into my full version of myself for me and for you. I'm not done. I'm not done until I'm no longer in this physical body. You're not done. We're here to grow and stretch and to learn and evolve. I also recorded this to invite you to be vulnerable, to share your stuff. Share what happened to you. Talk about what's the poo. What was poopy in your life? What sucked? What made you hurt? What made you sad? Have you bypassed it? Have you bypassed it with alcohol or drugs or shopping or avoidance? Or have you just ignored it and pushed it out of your head? If you truly want to step into the full version of yourself, let it come to the surface, bring it to the light and release it. Release it. Now, I'm not sure if this process today is going to be a one and done situation or if I'm going to need to process this for the next couple of days or weeks. I don't know. What I do know for sure is if it comes up for me, I'm going to sit in it in that moment and I'm going to support myself. I'm going to give myself the love that I needed because I didn't get a lot of support by people during that time. Nobody was, besides that one friend stepping up, which I didn't find out until years later. She didn't tell me that she did that because she probably didn't want me to be upset that that was happening when I was gone. But I really didn't get a lot of like someone pulled me under their wing and said, hell no, that is crap. Sometimes we don't get that support we need, you guys. So it's time to do this for yourself. You got something that happened to you and you're not feeling like it's a done deal, like fully released. I don't feel like this is fully released for me yet. It's getting there. And I'm sure in the next couple of days I'll be able to release it just because I haven't yet. But I do know that I'm very, very aware of it now and that's when the healing happens. So this ended up being quite a long episode. So I am going to sign off. I hope you guys got something from this today. And I would super love if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and write a little review. I would love to read yours on one of my upcoming episodes. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I appreciate you. Much love and namaste.